business capabilities are, in fact, a structural decomposition of an organization. You are listening to The Known Unknowns with Henrik and William. Producer, Florence Dabbing. In this episode, capability teams is something that uh, I think many of us may have heard of. Uh, but what exactly is uh, the capability team's philosophy? I'm hoping to get some information out of you here, Henrik. Yes. So do I. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know things that I do not. And I, I want to know what is the elevator pitch for capability teams? Yeah, so the elevator pitch, I guess, would be sharing capabilities among all products instead of aligning products you align capabilities for products makes no sense at all <laughs> uh, well it does i just need to know what a capability is yeah. so you, you say have have a shared capability uh, between products does that mean uh setting up a, a database or uh, what does it what could it mean well if we what is the capability if we go back let's say 15 years or so uh, mm-hmm. when we had these product aligned organizations they were mostly and basically uh, they revolved around the dif- different business areas. So if we take a, a very specific example of some some kind of retailer, some kind of store, uh, you have a physical store and then along came the internet. So you created this online store and then along came the iPhone. So you created uh, a mobile app and then you know the the company may have grown and you started creating more more kind of services in a business aspect it could be yeah it could be anything it could be a bank you know a banking solution whatever but uh, were you, if, were you like amazon which uh, suddenly decided to do cloud yeah, yeah absolutely could be and the yeah. thing is like even if you have a physical store obviously living in a digital world you would need to have IT for the physical store and obviously an online store requires IT as well and also the mobile app and so on and so forth and the way this usually the way uh, companies usually did this back in the in the early days of uh, of the internet era was that you had this IT for the physical store and you had a separate IT for the online store, and then you had a separate IT for the mobile app. And this, uh, it, it actually worked pretty good until, um, you know, just the, the most recent couple of years where, uh, where you sort of um take for granted that you that you are supposed to be able to go from one device to another you where you are supposed to you know go into a physical store and do something and uh, you basically could do the same on the online store or for example uh you purchase 
something like a sweater or whatever kind of product in an online store and when you want to return it you want to be able to go to the physical store um, also when it comes to loyalty programs or when it comes to authentication these are two pretty pretty um, common examples as well uh, so if you have a loyalty program like if you buy um, this particular product or uh, a specific amount of products and you do it you know in the physical store and you buy some other products in the online store of course you want the the same uh, loyalty points you can't have separate loyalty programs for online store the online store and the physical store and this was the way it was actually uh, like 15 years back you had these separate loyalty programs for example or you have had you had separate ways of authenticating yourself so you could authenticate yourself in one way uh, in the online store basically with a, a login of some sort you know a username and a password but then you had a different way of uh, authentication uh, authenticating yourself in the physical store so that's uh, that's what I've experienced, right? When I go to the store, maybe sometimes even today, that I ask for something which I saw online, and they said, "Well, uh, that's only in the online store. Yeah. We don't we don't offer that service here, or we don't have that kind of whatever it is that I was asking for. I can't remember specifically, but yeah. I, I can see some remnants of of what you're describing uh, even today. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And there are quite a lot of remnants of the product aligned. Um, organizations still left. So you're saying that uh, capability is is uh, so. Let's say just buying a product is that is that a, the right level of abstraction for a capability? Uh, because we yeah. have. Uh, I mean, this is. A, I I feel like I I I don't know exactly still what it means. Uh, is that a good description for a capability in this case, like a shopping experience? Or? Could be. And this is very interesting because the I mean the term capability could be a lot of things. And this is also sort of the problem with the capability team's philosophy because when you have these pretty. Um, pretty clear examples um, like the one I stated the authentication system and the loyalty program just you know for example mm -hmm. um, that could be I mean in this case in a capability aligned organization authentication would be uh, would be uh, defined as a capability so you have a capability for identification and and, and uh, authentication uh, you have a capability for for the loyalty program. You could even have you know a capability for orders, just like you uh, just like you mentioned here, like a sales flow um, sort of process, uh, an, an order process. So in this right. case, yes, orders could absolutely be a capability. But this right. is the tricky tricky part because, like anything, could be a capability. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to like my mind is starting to to wander here, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, my 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 build pipeline for my tools uh, as a developer that could be a capability. In fact, uh, it is in in some uh, some cases that I've experienced. Uh, you could have a, a just like a we're we're talking loosely about shopping as a capability, but it could be 
just a backend, uh, which is a capability, and the frontends could be like the websites could differ, um, or you know, a physical store doesn't even have a website, obviously. So mm. they could, you don't need that sort of. And it's it's making me, in one way, I can see that this is. I don't see. I can understand what you mean. That not doing capabilities uh, might. Uh, impact your business uh, but where is the so let's say that i'm a i'm a smaller business owner and then i guess this isn't really relevant for me at the moment right if i just have a store in a physical store uh, and maybe an online store at the same time i guess yeah. i would i mean i guess i could buy that as a service yeah and of course i mean yes you could and and you could even i mean you could buy this as a software as a service for example uh like the the online store and you could do it in a in a capability um capability philosophy kind of way so to speak because right. the the thing you know that the capability teams philosophy uh the fact that it even yeah that it even exists today is basically because things were done in a in a particular way uh back when there were a lot of unknowns as to when it comes to these these differences in 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 businesses so you had no idea like uh internet oh is internet really going to be a thing uh okay so online stores is that going to be a thing will people ever be comfortable buying things uh purchasing uh, things online um and then people and and companies uh, they um um, they realized that yeah okay so this is uh, growing uh, growing quite you know it, it's getting out of our hands to have all of these separate kinds of setups uh, which made sense when it was small but now that when it's growing and people are demanding the ability to to uh, to do cross device things uh, you know I mean, it it would, for like take Netflix for example. People would absolutely rage if you couldn't switch uh, seamlessly between your mobile device or your iPad or your uh, your Apple TV or Chromecast or whatever you're using, uh, even your desktop. It would right. be infuriating uh, if it would right. be like four or five different experiences and four or five different different databases uh storing what you're what you're currently watching so uh, i mean if you yeah. start looking at a, a movie on on your tv and then you have to you have to uh stop and then you want to continue watching and you can't continue watching in your ipad right right i can i can totally relate to that i i, I used to before netflix i had uh, some media players uh, connected to my tvs at home and uh, it was a pain when I had to switch TV because I had to uh, find the right position uh, in the in the video uh, or the the show to play it uh, from where I was in the other room. Yeah. Uh, and then I created a capability, <laughs> which is a, a, a small database that was shared between the the players. And then suddenly the the play the play location. The, the time uh, of where the video was being played uh, was being shared, so that was a, a great uh, uh, that was a great improvement in my in my ordinary life. Plus, yeah. 
the, the things that you mentioned, yeah, you, you don't want someone to tell you that if I say, well, th this app is not working, I can't order things through the app. And then you don't want someone telling you, yeah, the app is really bad. Use the website instead. Yeah. Like that, you can only really get away with that if you're having some internal uh, systems or something at a company where you work. And then you it's could, like, okay, fine. Uh, you, you could only get away with that if you are Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've seen a lot of companies get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, perhaps perhaps Microsoft is, is one of them for sure. Um, um, but okay, so so capability teams uh, is something uh, that's being shared, consoli consolidated, uh, because we have now, if I understand you correctly, companies have found a, a suite of things that yeah, we we probably want to run the IT uh, of this particular thing in 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 one capability in yeah. one area to avoid all these silos uh, and uh, incorrect communication being... And duplication, uh, of course. And du uh, yeah, yeah duplication. So silos, duplication, mm. incorrect uh, communication and, and these kind of things. And also within, it's sort of built into the capability team team's philosophy uh, is the fact that these teams need, they need to be cross-functional. So they should have some sort of end-to-end end-to-end uh, -end, uh, responsibility. That's at least uh, uh, the uh, the origin of the capability team uh, philosophy. So if you take, for example, uh, the authentication or identification uh, capability, the, the team responsible for this uh, particular capability um, are supposed to be a cross-functional team with uh, back-end developers, front-end developers, UX designers, whatever kind of discipline needed in order to um, in order to, to reach reach the goal of having a consolidated uh, identity authentication uh, capability. So, but but this is interesting to me. So, yeah. if 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 you have these, uh, I I definitely agree. You want to have the the cross-functional team or teams uh, who, who, who are able to work on on to, to develop to deliver uh, some something like authentication uh, but uh, what about the the people who are going to be using the service uh, who are maybe working on something completely different uh, so maybe they're working on a front end that consumes your authentication or, or a back end maybe more realistically um, yeah so do you, you, I guess you need to be in contact with all the consumers uh, somehow. Yes, uh, and of course, because the one of the key features of capability teams philosophy is the the um, user centric approach, of course. And then it it also it gets quite tricky because there are different ways to. Uh, there are like there are different decisions that that needs to be made and that you need to be aware of with these capability aligned organizations and that is actually who owns the user experience so everybody should should be uh user centric and this is in fact sort of naturally a user centric uh, approach because it is a user uh, a, a user-centric problem we're trying to solve and the and this problem is the fact that users 
want to move or flow seamlessly uh, through different touch points, through different interfaces, uh, both physical interfaces and, and uh, digital interfaces. So who actually owns the user experience? And it has come um, to be defined as these two, two different patterns, the, at least the two most common patterns, um, which are called experiences versus services experiences versus services and the other one is called end-to-end -end product slices and uh, so both of these are very common patterns and and the experiences versus services pattern is to sort of isolate the the experiences uh, i.e the front ends sort of or like the presentation layer from the services so in in this case you have teams um, which owns the actual the actual uh, experience in the presentation layer. So, for example, if you have this online store, you have a, a website. So you have a team who owns the the user experience of this website, and then they consume the services, which is you know the identification or authentication um, capability, or the order process capability, and the loyalty capability, and whatever. Um, while in the the other common pattern is to break up the experiences into these chunks um, and then you have the the teams owning the end-to-end -end vertical slices so that's why it's called end-to-end -end product slices because you have teams so for example if you have the the identity capability team they will take ownership of of the entire vertical slice, all the way from the identity slash uh, authentication database <laughs> and systems uh, up through the API and all the way up to the UI, to the user interface. So let's, uh, because the, the first that you mentioned, was it experiences versus services? Yep. Yeah, that's the one that for me rings rings uh, sort of the highest in terms of what I'm used to, what I've seen um, at companies. And I think the, the usual, uh, the issues that I've, I mean, I've seen it work great. I've seen people who are really talented and, and good at they have really, you know, invested the time to specialize themselves into uh, their service uh, to provide a, a really, you know, high quality uh, outputs that people can consume. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, being consumed by your service, <laughs> uh, play on words, but but you 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 can work on authentication so much that for you, uh, you may end up one day thinking it's all about authentication and it's not about uh, perhaps what the who, like you said who owns the user experience maybe after a while it, it gets sort of tricky for some teams to uh, tell like whether their uh, opinions uh, match the reality of the consumers what they what the consumers you know need 
uh, and I think this is a this is a balancing act, and I, I've seen this uh, being an, uh, something that keeps coming back. You know, oh, uh, the, the the team that develops this service or capability, uh, they don't. Uh, provide me this thing and they, they 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 might say that this is not supported and not prioritized or uh things like that um and the the, the service team the the capability team might say well the, the the people who consume our service they have misunderstood the, the what the right way is to, to do things i mean obviously the the solution to this is communication right and yeah. uh uh, you know, getting closer together. Right? Referencing back to uh, both Lean UX and and the mob sessions that we've talked about in the previous episodes. Uh, get together and and sit and try to accomplish uh, uh, the same task, and you'll find it much easier to 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 see the the direction of where to go next. So, with that said. Uh, I would like to dive more into the second option, which is what you, I can't recall it completely, but you said product slices. It, yeah. it was a bit of a mouthful. End-to-end <laughs> uh, product slices. End-to-end -end product slices. So mm -hmm. basically, I like the, you know, the vertical gets thrown around a lot, but it's mm -hmm. kind of, it's a vertical. You're responsible for uh, an entire, yeah, like a slice um, from, from the login uh, page on the website to the actual uh, authentication in the back end and, and SSO and uh, whatever else it may be uh so uh what's what makes that solution um i mean again like we're i think we're pretty used to seeing the first way of doing things uh, uh so what's what henrik what do you mm -hmm. think about the second solution is that better than the first one uh is it more common i don't uh, think it is no it's not more i th um I, th uh, I think the experiences versus services is more common than mm -hmm. the end-to-end -end product slices. And uh, just a, a disclosure here, I would say that you know if I have to if I have to choose between these two, I would choose the experiences versus services. Uh -huh. uh, okay. Yeah, I would because simply because I think. Um, if it's, we are... it works better with waterfall, right? You can, <laughs> you can tell one team to make something, and then you can tell the next team. <laughs> no, <laughs> but wrong, really? Okay, wrong. all right. No, I'll, I'll... <laughs> but the why I um, and also I, I'm not I'm in no way binary about this. I would say that the the best best thing is to have a uh, a mixture of of both that would be mm -hmm. my my recommendation is to mix and match these or, or, or and even even other patterns within an organization because different parts of of a business you know will have naturally will have different uh, goals and different visions and different uh, priorities so um i th i think uh, i think you shouldn't be very very binary but if what, i have what, to choose I would choose the uh, experiences versus services simply for the fact that that's the most user-centric approach because then you have this horizontal uh, user journey approach where you take a look at the the entire user journey for uh, a specific need of a user so a user coming to a website uh, or a user going to a mobile app or 
going to a physical store, uh, whatever it is, um, you will sort of have this uh, this uh, approach where you're trying to guide this user through this user journey, uh, whatever the entry point is. While the, I mean, the risk of having end-to-end -end product slicers, and this is, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but I have seen in some companies where they try to implement these end-to-end -end product slices, is that that it it it, um, um, it create it creates a pretty diverse user journey and and a diverse not in a positive sense but uh, like um, pretty scattered uh, user experience. Where you mean like uh, the the team might be really good at making a login page, but the backend sort of. Uh, maybe wasn't their main area or no more like the, the the other way around sort of like yeah you could have a, a team which is let's say the the identity team and uh, they are they have this uh, they have this idea of uh, how a login page what it should look like how it should function and everything and it might not be uh, correlated with other parts of for example a website or a mobile app or you know the, the order process might be totally different like you you browse a website or you're in in the mobile app and you you want to buy something and then the entire the entire user experience uh shifts into something completely you know else it's like wow what happened uh, i was here and now i'm here and depending on how you slice these uh these different um, capabilities and what you define as a capability and just going back to what we said earlier like <laughs> basically anything could be a capability i mean i've heard of examples where start pages are considered a capability so you have a capability team responsible for all start pages in all touch points right so this, yeah. uh, you, you, the, what you mean, if I understand you, let me take one more stab at this. So the, the vertical teams may have, you may have an issue where uh, they are responsible for one part of the website and yeah. they did it in a certain way. Yeah. And then after you log in, uh, everything's different because another vertical just entered your browser uh, and yeah. now it's, it's different. Yeah, it Is could that be. What you mean? Yeah, that's that's uh, basically what I mean. Um, because different part for if we take if we continue to take this website for example, uh, mm -hmm. if you slice a website into into multiple capabilities which are supposed to to um, um, have responsibility for for the entire vertical. Uh, so you could, for example, have a capability team uh, responsible for everything regarding. Uh, customer support so they would then be responsible for the the customer support pages on the website or in the mobile app or whatever and uh, what they do might differ completely uh in terms of of the the user interactions and stuff i mean we might want to guess that that companies uh in 2020 use uh, design systems i want to <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least i i hope uh, most companies use design systems which obviously would uh, would be a, a, a big benefit in 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 this aspect because it would minimize the sort of uh, the the discrepancies between these these um, different capabilities but still it could still be different kind of user patterns 
on these different vertical slices. And of course it doesn't have to be, but we need to take into account that, that doing this is uh, either way, uh, in both of these different pa patterns, uh, business capabilities are in fact a structural decomposition of an organization. Right. So, so you're, this maybe was a good example that you just brought up. So you have a, a design system that's a capability, which, which is uh, more as a service. Uh, whereas for a website, I mean, it might be hard to, uh, it, it might be hard to say, well, this entire website is now a capability. Uh, so that means it will be consequential. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, it can be quite a big scope for one team. Yeah. Uh, so, so what, what you could have just, you know, and as an example, you can have three maybe capabilities for a website. Um, and it can be, uh, let's say vertical, uh, pro like product slices, just as a, to simplify things, I guess. Um, and they could all be using the service, which is the design system to, mm unify the experience am i getting it right yeah and yeah absolutely and also i mean you're you're also sort of touching the the benefits of the end-to-end -end product slices because in this way if you if you have these these different interfaces uh the physical store the website the mobile app and whatever it is um then you would have teams which are responsible for the entire um uh, the entire part, uh, regardless of if it's in the mobile app or in the if it's in, in the website, and th this way, this team could really optimize for. Okay, so the 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 login experience it won't differ in in your browser, in your desktop uh, web browser, or in your mobile app. It will be the same. So you you won't get any cognitive load whenever switching uh, to a different device, and that's of course a good thing. But I think, I mean, there are risks. There are risks with, with both of these. And I think one of the things that I, I kind of um, um, struggle with is the fact that you often take this capability team's philosophy and you combine them with uh, team autonomy. Um, because, you know, in, in, in the agile world of, of 2020, team autonomy is... Uh, is um, trending <laughs> uh, and you know team autonomy is not a bad thing it's a good thing but it could also become a bad thing depending on how you define uh, autonomy and also how you define capabilities and autonomy within capabilities and I hear a lot of companies using Spotify as an example of um, a successful way of uh, reorganizing into uh, a capability aligned organization and they are in fact end-to-end uh, -end, uh, product slices so they are organized into these in, in these vertical slices um, mm -hmm. and they are often used as this um, positive example but many of the people many of the companies using Spotify as this uh, positive example they also talk a lot about ownership you know that yeah these capability teams they need to take ownership of this and uh, if they have ownership of this particular capability they can deliver 
with with uh, uh, with a minimum amount of dependencies. But the thing is, this is a, a, a misunderstanding because Spotify is not about ownership at all. It's like it's the, the complete difference because Spotify they employ this internal open source kind of model where you know they um, the Spotify culture is more about sharing than owning so mm -hmm. in Spotify they have these kind of peer code review things where anyone can add any code at any time so even you know even someone within a capability team uh, they can still add code to uh, a different capability teams uh, sort of responsibility area so so to speak so to speak so everybody collaborates together and you know the the knowledge is being spread and that's what what, it, what it's all about so when you take spotify as a positive example but at the same time talk about ownership and you know sort of creating these silos that's where i why i get skeptic about the the end-to-end -end product slices because i think it's uh you need to get things uh right from the start and if you if you make just a, a one or two missteps on the way it could lead to sort of disaster if you create these vertical silos within your organization and you do it on purpose because you didn't understand that Spotify never created, never intended to create vertical silos uh, because they have a very strong collaborative culture. I think that's really interesting uh, because this uh, th there is a I have uh, internal conflicts here with myself mm -hmm. when I when I hear this. Uh, my personal experience is when you join a team that are developing it could be either a service or a product slice um that team uh, you want to sort of have a good uh you want to have good team morale you want to be able to see the what that what you're making is uh getting delivered in in a in a good way it's sort of it can maybe even to the point of getting a little bit addicting uh, that you know you want to ship things you want to satisfy the the whoever uh, gave you the you know the the, the requirements or the feature requests uh, you want to ship those things fast and you want to see at the end of the day that your performance uh, reflects the 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 reality of what you've been doing um, and that sort of you want to keep that afloat as a team and you want to stay uh, you want to stay close together as team members uh, and I think that's that's what I I, uh, I I would if I was going to romanticize this a bit I would say uh, this is a team making a kick-ass product uh, you know they were the killer killer app or, or whatever you know they just they went for it they're full of uh, these really rock star developers <laughs> and uh throwing that in there uh and then uh they they work together to create something great so for me that's uh that's the point where i'm like yeah okay that that's a team that i could recognize at most workplaces that that it exists uh they may not be uh, doing as well as one would imagine all the time uh and i guess uh I guess uh, what you're saying is that this is sort of the reason why uh, we don't want teams that 
just take the full ownership and focus on their end only we want them to collaborate with others mm. to succeed better i suppose yeah but i'm sort of i'm a bit conflicted still about the the, the collaboration uh, because it can make it harder for me in a team to to know you know what are my contributions and are we actually delivering things it, it you know this is the this is the part of me that goes a little skeptical without actually trying it you know what i mean i think one of the things like um capability team alignment it's obviously it's not a it's not a silver bullet i mean there are so few silver bullets out there uh <laughs> only had a few yeah basically <laughs> non-existent but the thing is also that you have to take into into account is the fact that capability teams philosophy it is a trade-off like well um like most uh, methodologies or or uh you know frameworks or whatever it is a trade trade-off of of some sort so uh, in different ways it it could be for example uh much more cost effective to to have more um shared dependency so mm -hmm. having more standardization you know spotify they hate standardization they they basically say that yeah any every team should do and to should use the tools they want to use and uh, whatever they want to use they decide and then if uh if it will be adopted by multiple teams then it will organically become standardization um mm -hmm. that's that's quite radical i wish i was asked radical but i'm not because I kind of like standardization. <laughs> I like standardization. Another, another topic. Another, another topic. topic for the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really like standardization when it makes sense. When it makes sense for 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 the business, especially when it makes sense for the user. Um, but anyway, so if if you need to be, I mean, if you need to lower costs, then uh, you know having more shared dependency it would actually reduce cost but the flow would potentially be reduced due to shared dependency so in this right. case because teams m might have to wait for requests quote unquote to be processed by other teams and whatever um and i think yeah, let's let's use the we can use the design system as an example right yeah. so let's say there's you have to use the design system to gen create some components but the components uh, needs to change color uh, soon. Uh, so now we're waiting for the design system to release those color changes for everyone. Uh, that's a that's a shared dependency where you can be essentially blocked, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, but on the, I mean, if we if you take a look at the other uh, the other end of this, uh, if you have these capability teams and these cap capability uh, capabilities um, I mean it, it might be even be faster um, to to like divide them into sub capabilities even just to make make things go even faster uh, because it, it means that you could make a change 
to to a full slice of for example uh, an application you know from from the all the way down from the database up to to the front end ui uh without requiring dependencies on, on other you know on, on other teams but then when there are changes to to the user journey uh multiple business capability teams may need to coordinate so and in this in this case it wouldn't be uh, um a requirement per se but in order to you know not completely confuse uh, a user you would still have to coordinate these different capability teams in order to make this happen and in that sense it's like yeah mm, what's the difference really <laughs> uh, and so that's where like the collaboration comes in and that's that's mainly why I think I mean, Spotify, they are quite successful, uh, quite a successful company in terms of, of um, uh, agile methodology and making these things work. But I mean, they have a very strong cult uh, culture at Spotify of, uh, of collaboration. And they've also set up their teams. I mean, you've all heard of these, you know, squads and tribes and chapters and guilds and, uh, you know, blah blah <laughs> bunch of words <laughs> on paper yeah. but but still it's uh they are are fostering a very collaborative uh, environment and a very collaborative culture so if you're trying to implement these things uh in a company that isn't as collaborative then it might it might turn out to be a complete failure um because it's basically the same as with implementing agile principles. You can't just cherry pick a few and say that, yeah, I'm agile. Right. And this, okay, so there, there is some, someone told me once of uh, the way that you should do thinking when you're in a team. That Maybe that goes along with this then, is that when you're in a company and you're uh, an individual in a team, uh, your level of thinking for the for the success of of uh, you know everything at the company should be to try to imagine things uh, maybe one level higher than where you are. So imagining the success of your team should perhaps be perhaps more often you should be trying to think what's the what would be the success of uh, say the website in general uh, instead of just my part of the website that I'm working on yeah. uh, or, uh, maybe that even includes the design system even if I'm not working I'm not a design system uh, team member but it, it goes into the scope of what I think about every day mm. uh, because I care about the, the broader picture uh, and I, I think I agree what you mean this is a this is a, a culture thing where you, as a team, it's, it can be very enticing and, uh, you know, you, you would want to just focus on what it, exactly it is that you need to deliver to deliver, you know, great success. Mm -hmm. uh, but in fact, what you delivered looks really, it looks great, but it doesn't look so great compared to the rest of the sites that you ignored for six months. Uh, so it's... Um, I, I can see that definitely as a thing, and I can see that as a as a, something that you would want to grow uh, as a culture thing. Uh, I think culture is really powerful. Uh, someone told me to lead by example if I want to affect culture. I believe that could be the case here. Mm. Uh, you know, practice what you preach. Um, 
So you're saying basically, Henrik, that capability teams uh, is a good way to consolidate things. We know now you're you're a big fan of standardization, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but but for sure, uh, instead of uh, having a separate uh, IT for a store uh, and an online store, uh, you you can have these capabilities to to unite them and in the end give the user a, a more uh, consistent experience uh, being able to move from an android device to an iphone uh, or whatever it may be um, and just but just because we start to do this that doesn't mean we should close all doors to other capabilities and mm -hmm. other teams basically is that what i'm hearing Yes, um, yeah, basically, um, because I think it's it's quite interesting that we get into the topic of culture once again. I guess we really need to have this uh, episode about culture soon, um, <laughs> because I mean, one of the things also that the the capability team philosophy is is trying to address. I mean, the main area of focus is of course this. Uh, um, like being able to to provide this experience for users where they can seamlessly flow um, from one device to the other or like from from one experience or one part of the the journey to to the next um, but another one is also about this this kind of, of uh, cultural thing and that's that's hierarchy because again looking at Spotify uh, Spotify work a lot with community over structure as as they define it community over structure rather than having these hierarchical structures so they are trying to create this very strong community um, and they used to say that if you need to know exactly who is making decisions you're in the wrong place that's sort of a statement from from spotify um, mm -hmm. and that's that's also like with these capability aligned organization it's also it's also a way to to give the the team the capabilities uh pun intended to to make these decisions on their own and and have impact on on the the entire vertical slice so uh with all this in mind do we um Henrik, like we've talked a lot about the abstracts here you know the capability teams and what it means uh, sort of uh, and i i think we we i get it i get the idea i i think i understand and it's it's a lot of you know you're gonna have to think about what's right for you uh but what's uh are, i'm just curious so are there any i mean it is uh, it's about technology so what are some of the technologies that we have today that that works well with capability teams that's a very very good question uh and the most obvious answer is of course microservices uh microservices in general and, i should have known <laughs> yeah and micro frontends in particular um, right. it, it's sort of, uh, yeah, I guess you sort of have to mention Martin Fowler and, uh, and the, the micro front and, uh, arch architecture, uh, that he created because it's sort of, uh, I don't know if, if he, when Martin Fowler sort of 
created this outline of the the micro uh, front end and 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 the it, it's much older than that i think but yeah. yes uh, it, it used to be called uh, all kinds of things uh, you know these sort of mouthful terms that that we've sort of had throughout this episode but uh something somewhere along the lines of vertical slices self-contained yeah. systems things like that so so but but yeah he, he's definitely been on the forefront of uh you know that new term micro front ends and i think uh, thoughtworks uh in general uh, company yes. uh is also uh, quite involved with with that term and, and try to elaborate that yeah 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 absolutely and i don't think he or or they um intended to uh i'm not i'm not sure i don't really know but i don't think uh it was intended to to be sort of a capability teams uh philosophy in practice kind of thing but it, it it sort of is because like even just talking about the, the the definition of micro frontends which is an architectural style where independently deliverable frontend applications are composed into a greater whole that's the overall uh definition of our micro frontend and also the way martin fowler uh specifies how you should organize um when setting up micro frontends it's yeah it's like a blueprint for for doing um, the capability uh, aligned organization in practice so but i, I mean uh, william we could uh, i guess we need we need an entire episode <laughs> covering <laughs> Mar martin fowler and, and the micro frontends I, I i believe so i would i would love to digest that topic some more yeah uh right so the, so those are the yeah i i can see that this, these are the, the the sort of the technical things that reflects the reality of of we do need cap capability teams uh in order to have this uh user-centric experience where uh, everyone uh, basically uh, can have a, a good uh, consistent user experience i can buy the same thing online as i can in the store i can ask the store a question uh which they can which i saw about what i saw online and they can answer me and mm. yeah that makes sense to me um and then i mean I, I we'll have to cover the all the the problems of uh <laughs> microservice architecture in the other episode for sure yeah and then culture um, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah it's a great to-do list coming up here yeah. uh so uh right henrik thanks for sharing uh the capability team's philosophy uh with me and, and letting me ask some some difficult questions uh and You've been listening to uh, Known Unknowns with Henrik and William. Uh, and until next time. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can send questions, feedback, or suggestions on future topics through our Anchor page. Anchor.fm slash knownunknowns. Just click the message button, record your message, and hit send. You can use either a computer or a mobile phone, and you don't need the Anchor app.